0: February 23rd. And now, as we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament, our narrative today will come from the book of Mark, chapter 6, verses 30 through 56. The servant cannot rest. God's servants become weary as they work and must care for the body. But when you have a compassionate heart, you will not have an idle hand. Our Lord interrupted his vacation to meet the needs of the people. He need not interrupt anything today because caring for us is his constant ministry. The servant cannot pray. After such a demanding time of ministry, Jesus had to go apart to pray. But once again he was interrupted, this time by the plight of his disciples in the midst of the sea. And it was the disciples who were amazed. Jesus intercedes for you and knows your situation. He will come to you, care for you, and lead you into His peace. And with that, let's begin our reading today here in the New Testament. February 23rd, Mark chapter 6, verses 30 through 56. The apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry tour and told him all they had done and what they had taught. Then Jesus said, Let's get away from the crowds for a while and rest. There were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. They left by boat for a quieter spot. But many people saw them leaving, and people from many towns ran ahead along the shore and met them as they landed. A vast crowd was there as he stepped from the boat, and he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he taught them many things. Late in the afternoon his disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and it is getting late. Send the crowds away, so they can go to the nearby farms and villages and buy themselves some food. But Jesus said, You feed them. "'With what?' they asked. "'It would take a small fortune to buy food for all this crowd.' "'How much food do you have?' he asked. "'Go and find out.' They came back and reported, "'We have five loaves of bread and two fish.' Then Jesus told the crowd to sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat in groups of fifty or a hundred. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, "'looked up toward heaven, and asked God's blessing on the food. "'Breaking the loaves into pieces, "'he kept giving the bread and fish to the disciples to give to the people. "'They all ate as much as they wanted, "'and they picked up twelve baskets of leftover bread and fish. Five thousand men had eaten from those five loaves. "'Immediately after this, "'Jesus made his disciples get back into the boat,' and head out across the lake to Bethsaida, while he sent the people home. Afterward he went up into the hills by himself to pray. During the night, the disciples were in their boat out in the middle of the lake, and Jesus was alone on land. He saw that they were in serious trouble, rowing hard and struggling against the wind and waves. About three o'clock in the morning, he came to them walking on the water, HE STARTED TO GO PAST THEM, BUT WHEN THEY SAW HIM WALKING ON THE WATER, THEY SCREAMED IN TERROR, THINKING HE WAS A GHOST. THEY WERE ALL TERRIFIED WHEN THEY SAW HIM, BUT JESUS SPOKE TO THEM AT ONCE. IT'S ALL RIGHT, HE SAID. I AM HERE. DON'T BE AFRAID. THEN HE CLIMBED INTO THE BOAT, AND THE WIND STOPPED. THEY WERE ASTONISHED AT WHAT THEY SAW, they still didn't understand the significance of the miracle of the multiplied loaves, for their hearts were hard, and they did not believe. When they arrived at Gennesaret on the other side of the lake, they anchored the boat and climbed out. The people standing there recognized him at once, and they ran throughout the whole area and began carrying sick people to him on mats. Wherever he went, in villages and cities, and out on the farms. They laid the sick in the market plazas and streets. The sick begged him to let them at least touch the fringe of his robe, and all who touched it were healed.
1: Jesus said to his disciples when he left the earth, before he left the earth, he pulls his disciples aside and he says, listen, it is to your advantage that I go away. He says that in John 16. It's to your advantage that I go away. I mean, think about that for a second. How in the world could it be to their advantage that Jesus leave the earth? These are the people that have been walking side by side with Jesus for about three years at this point. And Jesus says, it's to your advantage that I go away. I mean, Can you imagine if you, you actually literally walked with Jesus in the flesh? Yeah, Jesus walking around with you every day. Can you imagine what an advantage that would be? To have the Son of God walking next to you going, I know what you're thinking. Oh, okay, right." You know, I mean, just constantly, just right there, teaching you, discipling you. So after all that experience the disciples had, then Jesus says, hey, it's to your advantage that I go away. That must have been so confusing. But then he says in the next breath, because... Unless I go, the helper cannot come. And explains that when he goes back to heaven, he's going to send the Holy Spirit and that they're going to be better off with the Holy Spirit than having Jesus right there by their side. See, when you look at it in those terms and you think about how helpful it would be to have Jesus walking next to you and for him to say it's to your advantage is even better, better than having me next to you is the Holy Spirit living in you Guys, I've always known this next verse, but I just wonder if I really believed it. Um, Because if I did, gosh, this would bring so much comfort to me. Verse 11. He says, When you are brought before synagogues, rulers, and authorities, do not worry about how you will defend yourselves or what you will say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say you believe that about yourself see Jesus tells the disciples look you're gonna go up against you know the synagogue leaders you know people of a different faith you're gonna go up against people that are rulers governors authorities and he says don't worry don't worry when you come up to those people about how you're gonna defend your faith you ever worried about how you were gonna share your faith with someone You ever got intimidated by someone like, oh, they know too much. I don't know enough to talk to them. See, this passage says, don't you worry when you go up in front of them because the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. Doesn't say he's going to tell you ahead of time what to say. And that's the annoying part. You know, we want to know ahead of time. We don't like this faith thing. We don't like this. Oh, okay, God's going to just have to have the words come out of my mouth. We don't like that. But God promises that. And he uses that to comfort them. Look, the spirit of God lives in you. That means anytime you are called to defend your faith or say something or speak up about God, you'll be able to say what needs to be said. Now, the promise there doesn't promise that you're going to win the argument, does it? A lot of times that's our, you know, that's our pride. This is, oh, I got to win, I got to do this or that, or oh, I got to lead in the Lord. No, it just says, that you'll be able to say what needs to be said that the Holy Spirit will give you at that time what you need to say that somehow your words will impact that person you're speaking to this is so important because many of us don't speak up because of of fear I don't know enough I hear that all the time I don't know enough and yet what does that say he's going to teach you what to say it may not be enough to win an argument, but you'll say what God once said. Do you believe that? I mean, really? A lot of us, we will only talk to people that we know we're uh, intellectually superior to, you know, and we'll get intimidated by certain people, like, I don't know enough to talk to him, and so we end up talking to all these kindergartners. and. Uh, You know, because why? We're relying on ourselves and we don't really believe that God's going to give me the right words to say. The simplicity of a new believer saying something, it's about a spiritual warfare. It's not about us and our intellect and us always knowing more, but there's something spiritual that takes place and that God, through His Spirit, can cause you to say something that that person needs to hear at that moment. But do you believe that something supernatural will happen in your life when you just speak up and start talking about God, because God promises that. See, that's where I say, you know what, do we really believe in the Holy Spirit to where we have that type of confidence? doesn't mean you, you, you know every answer. doesn't mean that you won. doesn't mean you even necessarily led this person to the Lord. It just means you took the initiative. And you just started speaking in the power of the Holy Spirit, and God will give you words to say, and then you're done. That's successful in God's eyes. In the end, what's going to matter is, who did I impact? When did I just speak up for Jesus? So I can think of times when I got scared, I got intimidated, and I just kept my mouth shut. And a lot of people do that. It's, it's, it's an easy thing to do. Even the great prophets, you know, when God called Moses, what did Moses say? I can't talk. And God says, who made your mouth? What do you mean you can't talk? You know? When he called Jeremiah in chapter 1, he says, hey, go say this. He says, I can't talk, I'm just a child. And he says, don't say you're just a child. I'm going to speak through you. Let me speak through you. Say what I tell you to say. This week, there'll be opportunities for you to do the same thing and just start talking. And what if we all took that seriously and really believed that we were God's instrument and that his spirit really dwelt through us and we were his mouth?
0: Psalm 40, verses 1 through 10. We'll read here about waiting. While experiencing trials at the hands of his enemies, David asked God for help. But the answer did not come immediately. Kind of like when you and I pray, right? The answer comes, but sometimes, a lot of times, not immediately. Well, he waited, and then God worked. Make room for God, and make room for God's timing. And what a change took place. David went from a pit to a highway, from miry clay to a rock, and from crying to singing. And in this passage of Scripture, Psalm 40 will read about witnessing. When God does a great thing for you, share it with others. God's works and thoughts ought to be a part of your daily conversation. Share the good news by what you say and do. God can use your witness to bring others to himself. Psalm chapter 40, verses 1 through 10. For the choir director, a Psalm of David. I waited patiently for the Lord to help me, and he turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground, and steadied me as I walked along. He has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what He has done and be astounded. They will put their trust in the Lord. Oh, the joys of those who trust the Lord, who have no confidence in the proud, or in those who worship idols! O oh, Lord my God, You have done many miracles for us! Your plans for us are too numerous to list. If I try to recite all your wonderful deeds, I would never come to the end of them. You take no delight in sacrifices or offerings. Now that you have made me listen, I finally understand. You don't require burnt offerings or sin offerings. Then I said, Look, I have come, and this has been written about me in your scroll." I take joy in doing your will, my God, for your law is written on my heart. I have told all your people about your justice. I have not been afraid to speak out, as you, O Lord, well know. I have not kept this good news hidden in my heart. I have talked about your faithfulness and saving power. I have told everyone in the great assembly of your unfailing love and faithfulness. Proverbs chapter 10, verses 11 and 12. The words of the godly lead to life. Evil people cover up their harmful intentions. Hatred stirs up quarrels, but love covers all offenses.